No Star Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to At The Movies with JT. And yes, yes, it's another swerve by your boy, but uh, look, I told you before, it's my podcast feed, I just want to do random shit whenever I want to do it, and in the lineage of JT's mailbag and behind the connection with JT, uh, we stay inside the treasure trove for At The Movies. Now, this is a concept I've had in my mind for a while. Uh, I would say a couple years. This has been on my kind of to-do list. And I went through a lot of iterations, a lot of back and forth of deciding what format I was going to go with for something like this. And I've settled on this. I'm going to bring in a friend. We're going to live watch a movie and we're going to talk. We're not going to give you a play-by-play about the movie. We're not going to run down every scene. We're just going to talk about the movie, the actors, and then wherever else we go while talking about some of the scenes that are occurring. Uh, Also, the parameters of this here podcast are a little specific. I, as it is known to anyone who's listened to any of my podcast endeavors, uh, am a big fan of comedy movies. So I'm not into a lot of drama or horror. Uh, I do like action movies, but not super into action movies, but all that's kind of covered elsewhere. And uh, while, you know, there's laugh in theater over on the PlayStation pop experience of the Andy Atherton, he tends to kind of veer all over the place. There's a lot of 80 stuff. And that's just not my wheelhouse. You all know I'm a 90s uh, guy. Love my 90s stuff. So what I decided to do was to do only comedies between the years 1992 and 2012. So it's a 20-year stretch. And this project originally was going to be only like 97 to like 03. And then I kept finding different things I wanted to include. But again, I wanted to avoid going back into the 80s because they're not movies I watched live at the time. They're not things I experienced uh, that had a certain effect on my life, et cetera. I wanted something that was more in line with uh, just my experiences growing up. I ended up expanding on the back end because there are a lot of movies that I love in the late 2000s uh, in the comedy genre. And of course, as you can see by the title of this one, what we're starting with, 2012 is also the year that the final installment of this series came out. Um, and I had to get that in. So I figured like that was a good place to then go ahead and close this out was 2012. So we have a 20-year stretch of movies. I'm going to try to do... I mean, we'll get some of the big ones in, but I also have some kind of off-the-beaten-path ones, too, that I enjoy. Be having rotating guests, and again, we'll just kind of be BSing through. So, uh, look, there's no rhyme or reason to what I'm going to do this show. It's just going to pop up when I feel like I have an hour and a half to watch a movie with a friend. Uh, So it could be often, could be rare, who knows. But I felt there was no better way to start this uh, podcast series than with... The movie that kind of always sparks a certain discussion within the no-so PTB nation circles uh, across group chats and Facebook pages and podcasts. And that, was, of course, was American Pie. It's uh, a running joke with a lot of us, right? Ranked American Pie movies. We do it at least once a month, I think. Uh, But to do that, I wanted to bring in the person who also was my first guest on Behind the Connection. And I feel like the magic worked there. Why not carry it over to this he is the co-host of the uh, Brandly new, uh, Brandly, brand new, newly, newly minted podcast, uh, Close On to Headlines 2.0. He joins Ryan Gray and uh, crew on that show, of course. And that is my good friend, Mr. Rocco Martone. Rocco, how are you? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm here to another, pop another cherry, just like this movie is based, is on, is the, <laughs> the topic. So it, it makes it sense is. that I am here to pop more podcast cherries. So okay. thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. We're going to talk more about 
your experience with this movie once we get rolling here, but I figure we can just dive right in because it is about an hour and a half. Uh, we found it on Stars, which offers a free preview. So if you want to check it out, I would assume anyone who's a, a comedy movie fan probably has this on DVD somewhere on a shelf <laughs> exists at some point. Uh, so if you want to pull it off the shelf or if you want to pull it up on Stars or elsewhere or just listen along. Uh, again, we're not going to give you the full play by play, but I think we'll talk enough about it where you can kind of follow where we're headed. Uh, so we are queued up at 11 seconds uh, on American Pie 1. And Rocco, are you ready? I am ready. And three, two, go. Uh, actually, I was on my wrong remote, so hang on one sec. You might pause it wherever you're at. We're off to a good start here. <laughs> and I'm the one that's supposed to be the technical uh, what I know. I know. What a clown I am. Uh, I got a whole setup. Yeah, it's not worth getting into. Um, all right, so what do you pause that now? I'm going back to 11, so. Okay, going back to 11. He's helping me out. I'm ready now. I have the right control set up. <laughs> I am ready, my friend. All right, in three, two, go. Okay, now we got the little earth lighting up here. Uh, so did you see this in the theater? I did not. Uh, comedy movies are usually something I don't go to see in the theater, but this... Okay. This was such a big deal that it probably would have been pretty cool to see it with a group of people. Yeah, I definitely saw it in the theater. Um, and I feel like it's, I don't know, is it the first of like the revitalization of the coming of age sex movies? Like, I feel like it's a thing in the 80s, like Porky's and all that stuff, right? Uh, Porky's feels like such an anti attitude movie, by the way. Uh, <laughs> screams it. Uh, but I feel like in the, Unless I'm forgetting something, I feel like in the early to mid '90s, this wasn't as big of a genre, like the teenagers coming of age, awakening type stuff. Especially with an R rating, you know, uh, right? Not not pulling any punches. Scream a few years earlier, we kind of did that with horror, and uh, you know, kind of revitalized the genre. So I feel like this is kind of in the same vein of uh, bringing back something, and uh, it 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 got rolling. <laughs> they kept they they kept doing them right. Oh yeah, there's well, there's four proper American Pies that came in the theater. Then there's all the one-offs, you know, Mile Run or whatever the hell they are <laughs> that are in like video stores. Uh, I feel like this is also the introduction to a legend here for many folks, and Eugene Levy, who plays the dad, Jim's dad, of course, legendary. Um, and, and this is just an amazing start to the movie. So I, it, it's just, it's just Jim, right, starting to jacket to which I think was perfectly done. He's got the scrambled porn which we all lived uh, for sure in the 90s. Although I don't know, I can't remember if you had TV or not, but uh, we all pretty much lived it in the 90s with the scramble vision. So he's sitting there and the parents come in. But uh, you like was Eugene Levy someone on your radar in any way before these movies? Yeah, because he was at a, he did some, he did Armed and Dangerous, which was a movie with John Candy in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I remember him from that. And uh, yeah, so seeing him in this role and it's, it's funny seeing him eventually in Shit's Creek, how the yes. trajectory of his career. And it's like, He's so handsome and like, like kind of put together in that movie. It, mm-hmm. And that show that it's so funny to see him always like the schlubby dude in all these movies. But right. yeah, he's a he's great. Yeah, he's awesome. And he's great in these, obviously. I mean, you could argue coming out of this movie, he was like him and Stifler, who we'll see in a few minutes for the first time, were kind of the breakouts, I think, of these movies as far as like the characters. Like no one was talking, especially no one was talking rookie of the year here at all. But I mean, everyone was talking like Jim's dad, Jim's dad, Jim's dad to the point where in America by two, I feel like they ramp them up a little bit more too. 
uh, because he was such a big part, and especially in American Wedding later, he's a big part of that too. Uh, but here, I, I don't, I don't know if they knew what they had in him <laughs> coming out of this one. Uh, anyone else that was on your radar, like in this movie? Obviously, um, Jason Biggs was starting to become a name. Was this his first big one? As far as I know, he was a uh, he is from uh, New Jersey, by the way, and uh, mm. graduated from Montclair or went to Montclair State University, which uh, has a Yogi Berra Stadium in it, which is really cool. He's got a, oh Yogi Berra put a lot of money into that stadium, but yeah, he's a he's a Jersey boy. Yeah, he hadn't done much before this. Looks like he did a, a few little things. So this is really his first big breakout. Then he's got more to come with you know he's in Loser, which is will be on this podcast for sure in the future, which I like that movie. Uh Saving Silverman, of course, is great. And then he's you know, from there it kind of takes off and he's a bunch of stuff. But I think the um, women in this are probably at this point, Tara Reed's probably a more known person, I think, just because Yes. I would agree with that for sure. Um but even that, like yeah, so she had done a bunch of TV. She was in Cruel Intentions, which is the same year as this. Big Lebowski. She's just a bunch of she was in Save by the Bell in the New Class. Like so she did a bunch of one off stuff. Um Mina Savari though is I think like does she become the biggest star of this group within the next few years after this? Because she's in American Beauty, which was huge. Right. I mean I guess Hannigan was on the most popular show, one of the most popular shows of the two thousands. So Right. But I mean like in the like within this like three year trajectory. I oh yeah, right. I'd say so, yeah. Right. I mean Shannon Elizabeth seemed like she was gonna be the one that got yes. huge, but it seems something happened in her career that um did not let it get the uh, the trajectory you kinda of thought it was gonna have. Right. Right. And then Sean William Scott as well, obviously, is Stifler is, is kind of an iconic character. My problem with Stifler is as these movies go on, he they make him too cartoony. I think that happens. It's the yeah. Kramer effect, right? Where by the end, right. he's literally a human cartoon. And it's a shame because he seemed to have such cool timing. And uh, I really like him. I thought he would I thought he would have been a great face on the A-Team remake. I thought he would have been good in that role. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. I don't know. He just... uh. He, he does that. do a lot of stuff. I mean, I just think he, like, it seemed like he was going to be, like, a mega comedy star. Mm-hmm. It, but he is in a lot of things. Like, if you look at his filmography right after this, I mean, he's in, like, some pretty, you know, decent-sized movies mm-hmm. as far as, like, comedies go. He's in Road Trip. Dude, There's My Car was pretty infamous. Uh, another movie that's on my list to do for this, which I don't know if you've ever seen, Evolution. Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good one. He's in that. Uh, obviously he's in old school. He's in all these remakes. And then does he do, what does he do with the rock? Does he do one of those? Oh yeah, absolutely. Rundown. rundown. Yeah. So role models is really good. He's in that. So, I mean, he's got a good run for sure. Don't forget that he's country Mac. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Probably his greatest role. Uh, so yeah, I, I think coming out of this, you're probably looking at him as the other big breakout. I would think, um, and then Chris Klein, I mean, he had a pretty good run in here, too, for a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these faces stayed on the, the radar for a while, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And some don't even pop up for American Wedding. Like, he doesn't show up for that, which is kind of lame. I feel like he thought he was too big for it. But he's back by reunion, so that's all that matters. Yeah, she just... Saturday Night Live finale, and uh, she's got a hit show. She disappeared for a little while, too. Right. Uh, there's our first uh, shot of Nadia. 
<laughs> at the party. So this is like we're in the final week of school, which is, you know, a pretty fun time. Uh, I didn't, you know, my breakout was a lot later. So like I didn't and going to an all boys school, like it was just harder to get in. I didn't play any like major sports. So I didn't have like the group of like party friends, you know, like so I, I was like friends, but it wasn't. I wasn't like attending a lot of these type of things. You know what I mean? I know our lives are different <laughs> growing up, but um, I don't know. Like, did you experience this type of like, oh, it's like prom week and finals and having parties and like everyone's headed to college type of thing? It didn't really seem that way to me when I was uh, in high school. No, it didn't seem like there was this big celebration leading to mm. that. I think it was people were just a more apathetic <laughs> to the whole situation and just trying, you know, right. it was 94, so maybe. Maybe the, the nihilistic uh, grunge era <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> made the, the local populace not really that into it. But, uh, I mean, parties always in movies are so anachronistic to how they really are in uh, real life. Right, but, right. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I've, it seems like such a cool like idea, though, right? You know, let's, let's party, let's get wasted. Maybe it's the last time we're going to see a lot of these people. Right, this could be it, you know, and I, I also didn't have like that super rich friend that would have this type of party. You know what <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, I went to a Catholic high school, it was a private school, so there was like uh, a lot of affluence in there. Uh, but I didn't, I just wasn't in the crowd that had like, oh, the rich kid had the huge house and the big party, and his parents are away, kind of thing. I had a buddy who played football for the kind of richer school in the area, and we would go to all his uh, teammates' parties. He was not really. He was on that team to play football. He wasn't like in that rich area. Right. Um, so we would go to all these parties in these crazy ma- mansions in Montclair, New Jersey, uh, which is there's a lot of celebrities that live in there. It's a real affluent area. Like, But we would just go to these parties and these guys that I were going was with were ruthless. Like they treated these people's houses like it was a fucking toilet. It was uh, wild. Like they were they were stealing. They were cutting pictures out of picture frames. And, awful. Oh, it was wild. It was fucking a bacchanal. And I was like, I was like the one who was like, you guys got to chill out, man. <laughs> this is a little too much. I, uh, I, yeah, I can't even imagine the stress of that being like my house and try to keep order. I remember even just in college, I lived my junior year. I lived with two, like a senior. And, you know, when you're a senior in your second semester, you're a lot more laid back and not giving a shit than as a junior. So I remember like the last couple of months, like, tuesday wednesday thursday like he was out every night you know drinking and having so it'd be like a wednesday like 11 30 at night and i'd hear like six people coming into the townhouse and i'm like oh, what are they gonna destroy tonight you know what i mean like put holes in the wall like all this stuff you know like that's probably the closest i felt to that vibe of like please don't destroy all my stuff while these people are hammered in my house at 11 30 at night on a tuesday and i go class at eight in the morning you know that's a different breed of person that could just throw parties at like their parents' house too, where it's like my oh, mother yeah. would my mom would be like the in misery. She would know if like a glass was moved in like anything. It's like I could not have cleaned up well enough to no, no. surprise her and she would have had all fucking hell would have broke loose if something happened. Hey, someone who made a bunch of ridiculous homemade wrestling and movies as a kid. <laughs> Like, I had, like, the low-level nerd version of that. Like, it wasn't parties, but having to clean all the nonsense up <laughs> while they were out, you know? Um, Chris Klein, I think, does play, like, the awkward, good-looking guy pretty well. I mean, obviously, you look at him, you're like, any girl would be jumping on this guy's junk at any minute. But in this movie, like, you could tell maybe he wasn't good-looking and then it became good-looking. I think that's how they try to play it, right? Like, he's super awkward, despite 
how good looking athletic he is, you know, like yeah, he like blossoms. Know how to talk. For... Yeah. And just because someone is handsome on the inside, outside doesn't mean that they're confident on the inside. Correct. And I think that was the infamous uh, suck me beautiful line that he said or whatever <laughs> that we hear. Um, I look, I love rookie of the year. I really do uh, as a movie, but I find Thomas and Nicholas as Kevin to be so fucking annoying in this movie. And I know he's supposed to be kind of like the. I guess he's like the leader of the group, right? I know Jason Biggs is like the front man of the marketing of everything, but I feel like he's this is supposed to be like the the leader of the of the group here, the club. And he's just super annoying trying to get laid in this whole movie. It's it's obnoxious, honestly. Yeah, he's like the most forgettable one too. It's just doesn't radiate much personality to me at least. I don't really get him right. and I feel like I would I would hang with these three dudes in a heartbeat and that guy would be like, Do you have to bring that motherfucker to the to to the road trip? <laughs> well if they put these four in the hangover, he's definitely the guy that gets left on the roof. Like that's <laughs> that's yeah. He's, he's not going out in Vegas for the night. He's definitely getting left behind. Um, and I feel like, you know, look, I know Tara Reid has her detractors eventually, but like he, I mean, he's pit, like punching way above his weight, right? I mean, in this one, like, he's got like the hottest girl in school, probably, is his girlfriend. Like, he should just chill, you know? She's probably going to put out at some point. Like, I get it. Well, you're 17, 18, you're, you're desperate, but like take the blowjob and just chill. <laughs> you, you <laughs> yeah. Know. Like it, it's like there's no such thing as bad pizza. Like, come on, dude. Right. That's not good enough. Right. I, I mean, from this girl, yeah. It's like just just ride it out. You know what I mean? Like just, just ride it out. Don't piss her off. Um, yeah. So anyway, I feel like he's a annoying little pansy in this movie. I like I, the, uh, the the switching of the guard. Like this is my yeah. taking the room over. <laughs> I don't give a shit that you just jizzed all of my fucking. <laughs> well, it's insane to think that like the things that have happened on parents' beds when they're not at. <laughs> oh, I know. Because it's always the biggest one, right? Like. Uh, Although I, I I think this house. So this is like I don't think this is even his house. Is it like his lake house or some shit, or is it his actual house? I'm not sure, but. He's got like, it seems like they got a lot of rooms at this house. Like, I don't think that's his mom's room. I think it's probably like a guest room or something. I feel like this. I feel like this chick would be a Rosero special back in the day. Got the brunette hair. Yeah, you think yeah. so? Yeah, I think she'd be uh, right up your alley. I, don't know, I think I need a little more of a tan. <laughs> a little more, a little more Southern Italian. No, I was gonna say there's some Northern Italians, but you, you gotta go Southern. Yeah, it's more style. The uh, he's about to drink. Kevin's jizz here after Tara Reed spit it in the cup. I feel like they really came out of the gate strong in this movie. Like, yeah, like we start with a masturbation scene, then we're like right into a blowjob and he's drinking the jizz. Like, I feel like they were going for the shock value right away to show this was going to be like a real romp, you know? Yeah, and I, you got to imagine that someone went to see this movie and was just uh completely surprised like oh mm-hmm. they, they kind of looked like a wholesome <laughs> coming of age movie and it's like holy shit they're seeing yeah it. <laughs> like, it's oh. like right away that's why i feel like it stood out i think the only thing that's close to it around this time period is uh something about mary which i think was like a year before and mm-hmm. that yeah. had some of this type of stuff in it but again like to your point it wasn't like teenagers coming of age that was just more like a dude in his 30s trying to date right and it's just kind of got some raunchy shit in it this is really more of like you know want to get laid type of movie which again wasn't it didn't there's was no big ones during the stretch that i can remember 
No, very true. Um, it, and just to see, it's it's funny because it's probably more accurate to how teenagers do act and what happens right. than the homogenized version that you see uh, given to you on, you know, something you would know, like a Beverly Hills where, mm-hmm. you know, something like this is definitely more, it's just how dudes kind of are. <laughs> Yeah, this is more real. I, I think it's, you know, you're nailing it, right? Because there's stuff like Night at 2 or Gilmore Girls, you know, like, or Dawson's Creek you. later, right? Well, you, know about Gilmore Girls. you know what I'm saying? Like, but Dawson's Creek's a good example, right? They're supposed to be in high school, but they're operating on this, like, bizarre level that's not really like high school. Whereas this, it's, this feels like way more relatable, right? Like, this is definitely, you could see this being your life. Uh, yeah, and it's like, it's private moments, like the head in the toilet and the scene. Like, it's just, it's very. Right. not your best foot forward and that's how you i like the humility like the, these characters in this movie get humiliated and oh, they over and feel over. it and you yeah. see it and it reads and it's not just passed away and i like that because it really humanizes them and those are the people like it's the confident people are not the most interesting people it's usually the the person that has a, a self-deprecating sense of humor and i i'd rather hear about your your by the way this setback. girl this girl's more my oh yeah that's, more my that's a reserve special. yes so, um that with girl the Shermanator. The <laughs> go with the Shermanator. Look at that girl that Jim almost cheated on with the office in the office. It did look like her. Again, I also like yeah, I guess that's more my type. Um Jim with the uh I do like this Hawaiian shirt. I feel like it's <laughs> I would wear. Yeah, I've seen you shirts that look exactly like that, so I can see you doing that. It looks very comfortable. It looks soft. I, <laughs> I am a big proponent of the button up shirt over the t shirt. I always feel like if I'm going to a restaurant, I like to throw one on because it, it gives you that little level of uh I'm not just a, a derelict. I have a button-up shirt. I can do that. I've gotten so out of the button-up shirt game, not going to work or anything. Like, uh, even jeans or, like, polo shirts I'm out on. Like, I am all sweats, sweat shorts. But I feel like they make nicer ones now. You know what I mean? Like, that don't, like, sweat shorts are, like, they look fine to go out in nowadays, you know? Well, if you're a, a bum... Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm a very I I don't even wear shorts to restaurants. I'm a fucking strange person. I think it's weird, but that's just my yeah, own see, personal. I, can't, I hate pants. I just can't. If, if I'm unless I'm at work or like at an event, or it's like obviously the winter and it's fucking freezing. Um, um, I'm sure it's other way. It, it talking about clothes and watching this movie. It is insane how poorly dressed dudes were in the '90s. We all had shirts that were too big. The pants were too big. It was it was rough. And you were right in this awkward time of like the baggy, the baggy stuff, but it's not like, and it's actually not even, it's the worst here in 99. It's going to get worse uh, as we get into the two, early 2000s for sure. with a real baggy stuff peaks. I guess but, for you, cause you said you were a little portly dude back then. So maybe it was good to have that be the, the trend back then. Yeah. I've never been a tight, like, especially shirts. Like I've, I just, I have big shoulders, like even beyond that. Um, so like I, any, shirt that's any kind of tight on my shoulders i hate so i was always like a baggier shirt guy anyway um but i never had like the real baggy jeans like i never had like the jinkos and all that it just wasn't <laughs> my style again i was more of a shorts guy like even in college like i was shorts from as long as i could like i'd hold out until like november and then like march i was like back wearing shorts again um i just never I found jeans to be comfortable honestly like just don't I didn't even own a pair of shorts for till I was like 20 years old. <laughs> oh besides, God. like besides like athletes to wear athletically, like Umbros were a big soccer short that I would wear a lot. Right. But yeah, I must. I have strange clothing issues. I've never owned a polo shirt. Oh uh, no. 
No, I would never wear a three-button shirt. I don't like I don't like things in the pocket. I don't like asymmetrical shirts. I have a whole thing. I've degenerated down from, you know, like I'd wear button downs and or I'd like to go out, and then I was like polos. And now I've been so with COVID, I've been so conditioned that like I'll just go pocket tee. It's like my going out, <laughs> going somewhere, <laughs> unless it's like a formal occasion, obviously, but. Um, I'm just going to like, like I'm going to my daughter's dance recital next weekend. I'll probably go pocket tea. But yeah, put something in there. One rubber, just like an American pie. Yes, it's one <laughs> rubber wrap it in my sleeve. Uh, you, so we're the. Yeah, sorry, did did you have uh like a a condom rubber in there for like 20 years, like a lot of people did? No. No. Okay. No, I just I never use a condom. No, I I just never. I never used a condom. This kind of no, <laughs> this kind it's coming of age is um. Yeah, yeah. I was just behind this. I was just behind it. And then I was pretty much into like a relationship. You know what I mean? So I just I never had to like carry one. Gotcha. I guess I never really just like dated, which sounds weird. But... Well, you weren't like a bar. You were in school. You weren't like I'm gonna go to the bar every night, and that's how you kind of. Well, no, because I if had. You're not in... So if you're not in school and you're not in a job, where else do you meet other people? That's basically how it works. So the bar is the other place, right? Yeah. So like. You know, high school, again, was all guys. I knew some girls, but, like, not regularly. And then I started working at Stop and Shop. It was probably the closest time I could have, maybe, you know? I'm sure um, there were some cute chicks working the registers and stuff. Yeah, there definitely was. Um, so that was probably my closest chance. But then freshman year of college, I started dating someone. And I was with her for, like, three years. And then I broke up with her right before senior year. And then... I met my wife and like we were already friends. We started dating like second semester senior year. And other than like a brief breakup, like we pretty much been together. So I just never had to do that, you know. Yeah, I guess uh yeah, the, the timeline adds up. <laughs> I didn't do a podcast about your dating life. I think about <laughs> you wanna get into that? Is that much? Mm-hmm. Um the uh by the way, the soundtrack of this is another big part of this for me. Uh great song playing right now flagpole set up by harvey danger which is like an incredible late 90s song it's like the perfect to me there's different like spider webs but no doubt is like a great mid 90s song to me like i immediately think like 1996 when i hear that song um this song is like i just think 1999 uh it was amped up by our buddy james grunberg doing this at karaoke in dallas and oh, he, just, he just crushed it it was awesome I had no doubt he'd crush it. He's like Mr. 1999. <laughs> so it was, it was perfect. Um, but no, me and my friends did not pass out boxes of condoms in school. But basically, they've made a they've made a pact now, coming off that party, that like they had to get laid by prom, like that's or you know by prom night or whatever. Like that's their goal. So Kevin's Kevin pissed off Tara Reed. Uh, she heard him bitching about only getting blowjobs. So he's trying to win her back. And the others are all trying to find someone to bang. And that's going to be the premise of our movie. But there's some really good, like, just, like, 90s music in this. Obviously, Bare Naked Ladies are in this, Third Eye Blind, Hole, Oleander, Everclear. This is just a lot of good mid to late 90s bands. Yeah, Everclear was a big one for me back in the day. I really enjoyed that band. Mm-hmm. Blink-182, <laughs> Sugar Ray's on the uh, soundtrack. And there's nothing more, more, there's nothing more late 90s than Mark McGrath. 
He's still going strong. He hosts that show on Sirius uh, 90s on 9. He's got his own show. Yeah, man. That guy's found a way to stay employed mm-hmm. for yep. many years. So okay. she's 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 telling him this is where he gets the uh, the book, right, eventually, for the, the sexual pleasure book. Yeah, he'll get it. She basically yeah. told him right now, like, she's never had an orgasm. And he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure she has. And she's like, no. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> you suck. Oh, it's so depressing to think that's actually probably a major thing that many girls have to deal with for Correct. most of their uh, teenage to 20-year-old life with a bunch of fucking lame dudes right. <laughs> just not right. getting it. Absolutely. Uh, so I think he, he finds the book. I think his brother tells him about the book when he's talking to him later about it. Um, so Oz, who's Chris Klein, has joined uh, the Glee Club <laughs> to try and meet Kuchek's here. Uh Again, like, like off, uh, off camera, how am I going to make my son join dance? Like, why hang out yeah. with football players, man? Hang out with these chicks. That's right. Hang out with the Glee Club. Hell yeah. It's our first t- taste of Mita Savari here. That's Heather. He's already into her. Uh, see, this is like other stuff. I Again, I didn't get to experience being in an all-boys school. Like, I didn't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't have this ongoing hunt for girls in class, etc. So you were just not distracted like I was, where it was just nothing but. I couldn't, it was like, it was just amazing to just be like surrounded by such like all these beautiful women. It's great. Yeah. I mean, there's like, I think there's positives and negatives to it, right? Like the negatives, are like the clear repression, um, you know, your friend group may only know like two girls. Right. So there's like a lot of jealousy and fighting amongst that. Um, but then the positives are what you just said. Like there's none of that shit leaking into the hallways you know, the jealousy and all. It was just like a much. I mean, on the flip side, it's like testosterone driven, obviously, right? Like a like alpha male shit going on in there. But um, well, it's funny to think of how much it will shape your. Oh, Perfect Head magazine. That mm-hmm. was a, that was a classic back then. Um, uh, how much it shaped your personality in ways that you probably don't even realize you do now, but you definitely are probably how you interact with men is a little different probably because being surrounded by so many men, you know, and not right. having as much of a female influence when you were younger. But I think it's important to have a females around you. You should always have female friends because it'll make you smarter. It'll make you more considerate. And uh, that's what you're saying. Just, I'm not smart or considerate. Um, well, you said it. I didn't, I just didn't, <laughs> I just well, led you there. <laughs> the good thing for me was, um, so I went to a Catholic elementary school as well. And so we had small classes that we were together with. So, I actually had like a good amount of like girls that I knew really well in that stretch. Right. So I did grow up like in in a Catholic elementary school, you are only with your class. You're not like mixed in with like all like, you know, hundreds of other kids in your class. We had like 22 kids. Right. And I was with probably 18 of them from first grade to eighth grade. So you kind of go through all that together, discover everything together. And so I, I had that background. Um, and then we had like a sister school in high school that we did like dances with and stuff, but it's just, it's not the same as like, like having the FaceTime like every day to interact and get to know and you know, blossom that. Like, I, I definitely think I probably would have grown up differently if there were girls in my high school. <laughs> That's that you're, yeah. I think you're on with that. And not even just the way I am around men or women. I think it's just, I might've had a girlfriend sooner or done different stuff sooner. You know, like, so I think it was just a lot harder um, to accomplish that. And I would and assume my, I would my assume, parents. Sorry. Yeah, I would. I just assume that you didn't have a boner the entirety of your gym class. There was no girl. 
I mean, or, he was a one-hot teacher, you know. So. <laughs> Mr. Thompson. Um, it, it was such a, a thing to, with the uh, the uh, tuck the uh, the erect underneath the, the pants, mm. so it stays less indulgent. My parents too were pretty, especially my mom was kind of helicoptery with stuff. So like, I just didn't have that exposure a lot. And even in elementary school, I lived in a different town. Um, in high school, like I didn't live immediately around a lot of people. So I, I just didn't have that neighborhood set up. I lived like on a main cut through street and stuff. So I didn't have that neighborhood either, where I just like ran down the street and like this five other people I knew, you know, it just wasn't set up that way. So um, I just missed out a lot of that. I think it's yeah, that I mean, it's, public it's, school camaraderie, right? Like going to school with a bunch of people in your neighborhood that you all know and grow up with. Like I kind of see it now with my kids and stuff more. And I'm like, that was one thing I did miss. Um, I had different experiences that were positive, but that's one I did lack. Yeah, it's all just happenstance, right? Because like if your parents have bought a house in a different area, your whole entire existence would be completely different. So. Correct. And uh, I was thinking today that I don't see kids playing on the street as much. When back in when I was a kid, it was like we would just play stickball, football, right on the street, hockey, right on the street. But like I don't see kids playing in the street as much anymore. Here they do. Um, yeah. Yeah, but we're, we're we're like a closed neighborhood. Got. So, but they're always in the street. Who who's this brother? Say, is, isn't that a, ba- a Affleck? <laughs> no, it's not Affleck. It's not Casey Affleck. Oh, Casey Affleck. I was like, it's definitely not Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's see, Kevin's brother. He does look super familiar. When I saw him at first, I'm like, this guy's someone. He's either that or Joey McIntyre from... Uh... Let's see, Kevin's brother. Uh, yeah, it is Casey Affleck. Oh, nice. I don't trust this guy because he's got his watch facing inward. I, I used to do that. that. I what? used to do it. Yeah. What's, the, what's the benefit of that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like, so I wouldn't look at it all the time. Too much effort to tw- twist the arm. <laughs> I don't. I used to. I now I hate. I cannot wear anything. I used. I wore a Fitbit for a little bit, like five years ago. But like my wife and daughter have Apple watches, and I'm like such a gadget guy. It seems like natural. I'd have one, but I just know I hate wearing it. I just. I hate wearing anything on my hands. Like a shackle. You don't want that on there. It's a pain in the ass. I just can't. This is uncomfortable to me. So I wore a watch like as a kid consistently, but. I think it became like a nervous tick thing where I keep checking it all the time. So I'm assuming that's what you do with your phone all the time now. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> it's all part of my undiagnosed ADHD issues that I got. <laughs> well, your simple inability to just ta- take a night off. Or yeah, I, w- I wonder if you had me as number one just because there's a weird ADHD thing with you where it's like, well, yeah, he was one in the other show. He's got to be on this one. Too. <laughs> I just figured we'd have a good time. <laughs> oh. So this, I feel like this song had a little rebound as well when this movie came out. Uh, Do you believe in magic? <laughs> but the little oven spoonful. Uh, I feel like after this, it was a song like back in your, as an earworm for people. Yeah, I mean, almost like, uh, what was it? Fill Me Out Buttercup was uh, something about yes. Mary. Yes. And that's, uh, it's it's great because I do like that a, a movie aimed at 20-year-olds or teenagers in the 90s mm-hmm. can bring back a song from the 70s and 60s and 50s and make it kind of cool again. I don't know if that happens as much anymore, but I guess, well, like, Stranger Things. And I would say it definitely is, song, yeah. yeah. I think it's even bigger now than it was because, and this isn't like a my time is better than yours, but like when we were kids, like it was oldies would have been the throwback shit, right? Like 50s and which is, 
I mean, there's a coolness about it, but a little less cool. But I feel like 90, 80s and 90s music is is probably the two best decades for like, I don't know, party music and like whatever. Like I could or like the shit that kids do now, right? like TikToks and Instagram. Like the, there's so many great songs in the 80s and 90s to pull from for like stuff like that. I feel like it's cool again for a reason. Yeah, I mean, it all it takes is like, oh, fuck, someone discovers that Lionel Richie was the fucking man and they throw that right. in there or, you know, Hall Notes. Like, it's so easy because they have such great songs yeah. that a lot of people are, they're so far into a younger person when they would hear it. Like, oh, this shit fucking, this this shit's fucking beat. It's got a great beat. Right. This shit's really good. But they would never, they would think it's oldies because, oh, it's like my parents' music. But well, that's what the oldie station here, like, so B101, when I was growing up, was all doo-wop in like 60s maybe the rare 70 song but pretty much and that's all my dad listened to so like i i heard every and my affinity for yacht rock i think so my mom was big into soft rock and my dad was big into oldies like that's all he listened to ever we we had a you know he ordered like the 50 cassette set off tv like the oldies solid gold oldies whatever freedom rock turn it up and that's all he really knew so i wasn't like big on music honestly until probably 93 94 like, I didn't know a ton of songs um, in the 80s and 90s because that's, like, all we listened to. My mom was all soft rock, and my dad was all, you know, whatever. And I just didn't – that's all we ever heard. Like, I wasn't, like, a big – I was more of a TV person than, like, a radio person. Like, I didn't just lay around listening to music growing up. Um, it wasn't until, like, the early 90s, almost the mid-90s, when I started to really discover more and more. Um, yeah, I didn't grow up in a particularly musical household, which – I, once I I had to find it, and once I did, obviously I dove fucking deep into it. But <laughs> I had is to it, really it, look for it. Is <laughs> the iconic scene now of uh, this is really the scene the movie was known for. It's Jim fucking the pie. Um, you know he's desperate to find out what it feels like. I think someone earlier told him it felt like warm apple pie. Yes, yes. Um, so this is he saw the apple pie on there. <laughs> so that's that's really the iconic. I mean, it's obviously what the whole thing's named after. And Jim's dad's awesome beer. He's like, well, just tell your mom uh, what everybody said. <laughs> Fell or something, whatever. Dog ate it. Uh, it always kills me, too, that Jim's dad in this whole movie is wearing the this shirt and tie, like, fully buttoned at all times. <laughs> Even at home, he's like, I got to leave the top button buttoned. I've never understood people. See, that's part of my... See, I feel like we're on opposite ends of this, but I feel like people are psychopaths that come home from work or, like other stuff and just like wear their clothes in the house oh no i like, don't I, I dump them i'm 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 in nothing I, as soon as i get in the door i'm dropping everything that i wore i don't want any recollection of the outside world in my house <laughs> so right yeah, i think like there are some people that wear you know like when i go to work i'm still at least now we can do jeans stuff but like in, whatever six years ago you're wearing button downs and like khakis or whatever. Oh, the worst is the dudes that wear the construction guys who wear their construction shirt to the bar or something like that. They go out and they keep it on. It's like, motherfucker, right. you can't go home and change a goddamn shirt. Right. Or like, bring one in your car and change it. Yeah, I can't yeah. do shit. Like, I can't. I'm so uncomfortable if I'm wearing work clothes like after. Um, the One of the big things, too, of this era here, I've noticed, is like all the platform shoes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Even the, the elevated like cons that existed back then, those kind of. Girls, the girl sneakers always had that big platform, which I think is really cute, but maybe that's just because they grew up in that little area. Or even that era, like sorry. sandals and stuff, like the huge wedges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were, I mean, that was that was right in my college time a ch- period. A chunky uh, wedge. Yeah, it was just all, all the girls had the big black ones with the black 
strap across pretty much. You ever wonder how you would dress if you were a girl? <laughs> uh, slutty for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I think all guys say that, but I think we're true. <laughs> I'm, I'm confident. Right. Definitely confident. Uh, Sundress. Oh yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> so Tell me the, <laughs> this, uh, you know, looking back, like I, I guess this movie just really resonated for me because I don't know these kids always seem younger to me in a way, but like I was a if this was what what time in 99 july 99 so i was just going a sophomore year so they're not that much younger than me it's like two years younger so i guess i guess it speaks to me more on that level than i really ever realized you know yeah that's smarter than the release at that time too like right at the end of the summer right at the end of this like right in the beginning of summer like so could really just live that was back in the day where a movie could live for two months and stay in the theaters even like i don't even know if it was a hit right off the bat I wish I had. I think it was. I think the pie really um, was such an iconic scene, and then like everyone was into Jim's dad and Stifler, and Stifler and was right out of the Ace, like still Stifler's like right out of the Jim Carrey Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I know I, I didn't get the internet for eleven more years, but I'm assuming the Shannon Elizabeth scenes were enough reason to get guys to go to the movies because you didn't oh. have access to that stuff as easily as you did. Right now, no. No, yeah. So it says, despite insiders claiming it to be a potential sleeper, Universal Pictures sold the foreign rights and attempt to recoup the budget. American Pie was sold successfully to foreign distributors at Con. Uh, film grossed 235 million worldwide. 132 million was international. Uh, it was the 20th highest grossing film in '99. Home video got 109 million sense so i mean obviously not like a huge box office hit but i mean fuck they make three more so <laughs> gotta do pretty well i guess well um, enough i'm watching this right and the idea of having like that idea of doing stuff of like a sexual nature with your parents home oh yeah it's such a strange thing like you really don't think about how how it's got to affect just your your takes it's it's got to be fucking us all up and why we're also repressed and weird and things right. seem to hopefully be changing but like the idea that you'd be like we do this but we have to be quiet it's like you're not even getting the full that's how primal like the, a, a teenage boy's in, uh, instincts can be where it's like i don't even care like i just have to right. get it done. it's like it could right. be so much better when you can talk and, and, and right. scream and but it's just it, it's so limited you know what i mean like even in college when you're on your own it's still like almost impossible. Like, it's if you have roommates, right. I mean, unless yeah. you just don't give a shit. And I know like some roommates just didn't give a shit. Some like fucking animals out there that don't give a shit. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, am I gonna lie and say I didn't do it? <laughs> I was with my roommate, like in the bed next. To, I mean, whatever. But it's so wild, though, right? But I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of whatever. <laughs> like, like you just gonna do it wherever you can. Like that's. I mean, those are your years, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, I was always, I was always so fucking angry at like my one friend who had a basement room with like an entrance. I was like, oh yeah, fucker, dude. I used to have to like carry people upstairs and walk doors and <laughs> do all this weird shit. It's like, goddamn, you just need to have people coming in and out. It's not fair. I mean, I may do, but I guess now, if you have a car. I guess that's a big car thing too, right? If you have a, a big yes, car. yeah, if you have the car. Now, do you believe Kevin? learned enough in that book to successfully make her get off or no no because i know men my age you've probably never made a girl come, so uh yeah i don't think that that book is really you need to be on the 
Well, because it shows a complete lack of communication with your partner. And that's where right. those things happen. That's where you come to, for lack of a better term, you come together and you talk about like what, what feels good, what do you like? And it just shows that he's completely still like not communicating. And a mental block is way more of a thing for a female than it is for a male in terms of getting to those plateaus of uh, pleasure. Right. So yeah, like you're having a partner that's not asking you, just experimenting on a, from a book. So I'm going to say no. Uh, Vicky's dad's an idiot too. Like she yells, I'm coming like all <laughs> fucking hot. And he's like, okay, see you at dinner. <laughs> She's coming to dinner is what she meant. Um, so yeah. But there's no, no awareness of a, a change in inflection. <laughs> he's never heard. Well, maybe I guess he needed the book cause he's never heard a woman say that like that. So maybe and he looked kind of like a dead, dead fuck anyway. So. <laughs> what do you think of Jim shirt here? <laughs> it's a lot of patches. Um, you think it's like a Cub Scout shirt or something? Yeah, but it seems almost T-shirt material, right? Like, oh, it's a well, it's a button down, but he's, yeah, he's got these patches on it. They look like earned patches. This was got- the era of dudes. Like I remember, like there was always. Remember when every shirt had like a number on the back for a little while? And oh, like, yeah, look at this. This is like Harold on it, so it's gonna be some stupid. I Maybe mean, this like his grandpa's like. Oh right. Like yeah. a war shirt or something like a. Uh, yeah. Like from the moose. That's it. Elizabeth in this movie feels like she's like ten years old. And these other people. Yeah, I think she was like twenty-seven or twenty-eight when she did this. She was in a movie called Jack Frost. It was her first movie. It's about yes. killer, killer snowman, which is great. So she um, was born in 73. She's 48 now. Uh, so that would have been what? She would have been 20, yeah. 26, probably when this was filmed, 25, 26. Yeah, she was, it was great because she was so new and like, she really kind of just fucking stands out. <laughs> just well, do you think this movie was good or bad for her? Because I feel like it typecast her when she took her tits out and like, was this hot fuck yeah. thing in this movie <laughs> like that? And that's just the thing in the 90s, man, with all these poor chicks dealing with fucking dementia and Harvey Weinstein and the casting couch system where I often talk about this, where like all these dudes and most movies from this era, you see to this day showing up and stuff. But so many women actresses just stopped. Right. And it's because, you know, they were they didn't want to play the fucking game and blow some fat loser like Harvey Weinstein and then their career died, you know, and they just moved on. But the guys, you know, obviously didn't have to deal with that shit. So. She probably right, like after did, this, she's just like scary movie. American she great in. Yeah, she's a great scary movie. Jane Silent Bob, she's good in, but it's yeah, like the Kevin Smith kind of took her on as like a, right. a player in his company because she needs that and she shows she's got great timing. She's funny. She yeah. seems really funny in real in interviews with her, but it's just kind of one of those things where, yeah, like the idea of typecasting was so much stronger back then anyway. Right. And she she probably would have been great on a TV show. But TV, doing TV after you've done movies back in the 90s was like a no-no. You didn't do that. Right. She did do a lot of one-off TV stuff. But, I mean, she would have been great in, like, a King of Queens-esque comedy, you know? Like, I think she had the timing, and she's a bombshell. She did 31 episodes of a show called Cuts. Cuts? It was on UPN. That sounds like a... It was a family-run barbershop. Oh, (laughs) nice. I'm not aware of that. Yeah, so she did do that for a couple years. Um... But beyond that, it's really just a lot of one-off stuff. She was on the '70s show, recurring. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah. She was like, I. It, she was married to this dude who you've seen in movies. He's in Jane Silent Bob. Like she was for years. She was married to this kind of short, bearded, long-haired kind of dude mm. who was like an actor, like very particular-looking character actor. And it was like the great like, schlubby dudes nailing a uh, nailing a not nailing. 
pulling down a, a hot wife, you know, kind of deal. Where right, like, right. That's one for the little guy right there. <laughs> so. Joseph Reitman. Is that the guy? No, yeah, I'm looking at him now. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he ain't handsome, but hey. Yeah, they, he was were, in, uh, they were married for two years. Oh, he was in Silent Bob uh, Strike Back with uh, her. I don't think she's married again, so still get a shot. Hey, man. But to put it out there in the, in the universe, like the secret. Look at all this random stuff. Did you, how like so when you were older, how many mm-hmm. of the uh, trappings of your youth stayed in your room as you became an older person? Like if do you have like a thing that says champ on the back of your door? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think probably until I moved. So I I moved out pretty quick. Like I only lived at home for four months after college because then I got a job in Connecticut. So I had to move. So I oh, was nice. in an apartment with my now wife. It was a girlfriend at the time. Like we were not even 22. I wasn't 22. Living alone, like in a different state. So it happened pretty quick for me. So I didn't have like a chance. My parents kept my room for a while, but um, I did. Yeah, that was it. I've never really lived at home since. Like I've obviously stayed there, but. All right. Is it your mom's crafting room now? No, they're both just spare bedrooms. They just left them. Um, now with all the grandkids and stuff like staying over and shit, but um, all right. So this whole scheme is cooking up. I think this is kind of the fulcrum point of the movie here. This is probably the most, again, besides the pie, I would say this is the most infamous stretch. So Nadia is the foreign exchange student. She asked Jim to help her study. He gets convinced by his friends to set up a webcam, a very rudimentary webcam. And he sent the link out for this live. They had a live stream her changing because she said she would come over after practice and change. So inadvertently, he sent the link to the entire school, which we'll find out. Uh, but he ran next door to Kevin's to watch the show as she's getting naked in his room. I mean, which is fucking gross <laughs> to do yeah. that to somebody, but, you know. But she is getting naked. Yes. She's not walking topless around his bedroom with the grainiest internet stream of all time. Like I'm waiting for Dave Meltzer and Iata to like pop up on this fucking thing. I mean, that looks pretty high tech to me. I mean, this just a scene. I know it's a scene that's supposed to be like, cause we're horny dudes, mm-hmm. but like it shows a really cool character moment for her where she, you just like her like too, right. you know, you like her and she's being cute and also just kind of silly. And I don't know. I, I kind of think it's a cool little character scene too for her. For someone who's not giving a lot of character in the movie. But, like, no one's really does this in someone else's bedroom. Walk. I, I mean, unless she's looking a bag, which uh, I guess we find out. Like, I think she's kind of waiting for Jim to come in, right? And so she right. could be naked. She's not just changing and deciding to sit down and look at porn. <laughs> oh, she's, from a, she's from a different place, though. That's how they do it that's over true. there. I like that they're drinking beers. It's kind of interesting to me that... Uh, yes. They're just having, like, afternoon beers when they're... 17 not that i never did that but not just at like my friend's house like well, it's a big moment do you yeah. really believe like all these kids in the school i guess it's 99 so pr- i know for you it doesn't matter but they all have like internet connection with live streaming capability like it seems a little that's a pretty I mean, affluent looking area right yeah i guess in 90 by 99 i did enough i probably could have done this in 99 if someone sent me the the link <laughs> or if a girl ever came to your house yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what would this be on? Like, what is this forum that they're watching this on? It's just a 
a link. I think it's email? just like a link. Okay. To the live stream, like he's streaming it. Like nowadays, it would just be on Facebook Live or whatever. But this is like right. Yeah, yeah. He's just sent the link and he said like if he's he's basically recording it. I don't know if he's actually recording it. He just has the camera on. I guess he can just watch the camera. Again, it seems a little advanced for 99, but it must have existed. I mean, if they were pulling it out here to use. <laughs> baggy ass clothes. Very baggy. He's screwing back to the house. They talked him into it. Basically, they're like, you should go ask her if she needs a hand or whatever. Oh, he's going to be all like, sweaty. His heartbeat's going to be elevated. Right. It's obvious. Well, and then she was like, well, and they even said like, oh, you know, you're stupid not to do it. He's like, you know, it's a stupid idea. And like, no, you're fucking stupid if you don't go do this right now. I mean, it is a male. Yeah, it's like a super male fantasy of how you would assume you want someone to act. Like, that's right. what a guy would think. That's this is what guys think the women do, according to. But movies. that's what Nadia wanted. This is yes. what she wanted him to come. It's clear. I mean, she's not going to lay on his bed for 15 minutes, rubbing one out, not expecting him to come back in the room. Yeah, I mean, if I was that hot, I'd probably walk around naked a lot, though, too. But I see what you're saying. No, she's just into him, you know? This is just shooting a shot. She knows he ain't going to make a move. That's for sure. It's insane to think that a woman that's, like, perfectly sculpted out of, you know, <laughs> just in this fucking schlub <laughs> is a thing that, like, <laughs> exists. But it's true. I mean, most women are way hotter than their husbands, though. I think they did a good job casting Jason Biggs in this, too, because, I mean, obviously he's, like, a good-looking guy and shit, but he's believable as being like kind of a nerdy loser too. When you look at him, you know? Yeah. He carries himself well as like a no confidence clown. Yeah. I'm sure he got like the, uh, Woody Allen teenager kind of comparisons, you know, right. Cause he does have that kind of vibe going, but you know, you gotta be that way to be for us to find him endearing, especially since he's pretty much doing a pretty nefarious thing here. It's a tough thing to be like, Oh, that's cool. But we like him already. So it's like, we accept it. I feel like this wasn't like, this is going to sound awful, but I don't know. Was this as frowned upon at the time? Like, no, there, I'm weren't, there weren't a lot of like video capabilities, like peeping Tom Tysa. I know obviously that's always been frowned upon and I'm not justifying any of it, but like, I could see why it's played more for laughs here. Whereas like today wouldn't be because well, there's a, no, it's such a part of the culture of like creeps filming. Yeah. There's, there's like, no assault aspect to it in terms of a physical assault when you watch it, when it's just, just the peeping aspect. Yeah. And you're, it's not using it to blackmail someone or destroy their fucking life or, you know, right. Right. It was but, just four guys trying to be horny accidentally triggering the whole school. Right. And he didn't know he was like, he was doing it to the whole school, but still it's pretty. And how did he get the, why, why did he send to the school? Why is there a distribution list for the school? Like, when you just type his friends' names in, like, that was odd. I mean, did everyone have their every single person's email in high school? I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm that's what I'm saying. Older. Like, how did it end up with... <laughs> Stifler's room has some strange things in it. It's got a severed foot and a skull. <laughs> like, is he a secret uh, horror fan or murderer? Sick bastard. I keep trying to look at... When they show Kevin's or Stifler's screen, they show the email... And I keep trying to look at who the two line says. I see from Jim, but I can't. I keep trying to find the two. Nadia Vision. <laughs> I feel like they're all mocking him, but she's she wants it. Yeah, she finds him attractive. You know, I mean, he's he's trying hard, I guess, for her, which is <laughs> nice to do. 
This monkey's like, real into it. This is why I think that shirt's so soft. She's wearing it now, and it looks super comfortable. <laughs> why is that a thing with the girl wearing a guy's shirt? I guess it's because it just the implication is that she mm. needed it because she was topless and you gave her a shirt. That is a very... I don't think he even gave it to her. I think she just grabbed it herself. Yeah. Well, I mean, in real life, though. Right, like, right. The girl puts on your shirt, and you're always like, hmm, I like that. The fuck's on the bottom of his white switch there? Uh, I did not see it. Like a wrapper. Uh, oh, the, yeah. set, the set design in movies is so, like, interesting how they do things. <laughs> I think it's tape. It's, like, oh, duct okay. tape or something? That's weird. I don't know. There you go, of course. Uh, like I said, probably the second most infamous scene in the movie. He just blows his load. Yeah, well, that's a bummer. But there's other things you could do, you know? There's like mm-hmm. there's a vagina in the room. You don't need to worry, be worried about your penis the whole time. You're 17. Well, you so that's why she's tapping out. Like her move was to make him, you know, take care of her. So who cares if you finish? Like she's like taps out right away. <laughs> Is he trying to win her back with the porn? <laughs> the uh. Did you think he found that porn in the woods, like where you found yours back in the day? It <laughs> could have been. No, j- no, uh, his dad gave it to him in the beginning. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. I'm sure he's got some woods porn in there, though, somewhere, right? Do you think, uh, I feel like it would have been a messier scene than, the, <laughs> than we're seeing in those pants. Oh, for a 19-year-old. It could be absorbent. Yeah, they, they get real absorbent, though. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what his, uh, his tea count is, though. Maybe it's a, it's a real clear one. His face is gray hair. She's taking her underwear <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, what a, what like scared. Yeah, just it's, like a, it's like a modern day uh, Mrs. Robinson, right? Like it's almost oh, like yeah. a, without the leg up. So this, I think, is a little unbelievable. There's no way he's going again right that quick. With zero for the stimulation. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, hey, I've never been in a room naked with, with her. Correct. Yeah, Who it's knows? possible, I guess. Who knows? <laughs> Never just laughing at him at school. Um, I don't know, though. Like, I feel like it's if I were him, I'd be like, all right, sure. But I also had the hottest girl in the school naked in my room. So fuck you all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's his personality, though. You know, he's a... not right. He just wants to hide. He thinks it's over. Are you surprised that this far into the movie we haven't gotten much between uh, Oz and Heather here yet? Like, I feel like there's such an indelible part of the series, but we haven't really had much interaction with them yet. Yeah, the three other... The, th- the women in this movie don't really have much going on when you think about it, because... It, well, it's not about them, but when you think of the long... Stay, like, the how they how they their careers all played out and... Mm-hmm. It seems like, yeah, they'd be a much bigger part of the, the show. Especially her, because it's Mina Savari, but I guess, you know, she wasn't that at the time. Right, yeah, American Beauty was, like, two years after this, so. Or a year after, whatever. Such a colorful high school. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, It's funny that he's really, like, rationalizing it. It's, it's funny right. to be that, because you're a teenager and you don't understand how any of this stuff works. We think no. we do, and we want to pretend we're older and smarter, but, like, it's just just pure... You, you just can't... You don't know. You don't know anything at that point. I think it's a little harsh on Nadia, too. Like, if she was into him enough, 
I feel like you give him a little more of a break here. Like she knows how hot she is. She knows this guy probably has never even seen a boob, let alone touch one. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like you got to give a little, little wiggle room for this. Yeah, I mean, they didn't even make out. <laughs> like, you can right. just make out for a little while. And just that's cool too. Making out's fun. You know, we'll figure it out. We got time. He probably would have. He probably would have blown his load making out. Too, <laughs> I guess. So even now, Allison Hannigan. This is the first we're hearing from her. So again, like we're. We're like an hour into this movie. There's not a lot of time left. And we're just really starting to get, you know, the two of them, Jim and Michelle, and then Oz and Heather. Again, these are like couples that dominate all the rest of the movie. So it's just surprising. Do you, uh, how do you feel about Honest and Hannigan at this point? Do you, um, like that, do you like that kind of character where she's like the nerdy-ish kind of nebbish girl? No, I, I think they made her really extra annoying on purpose. I think she becomes more. Um, I, I think as the movies go, she's more enjoyable as a character. I, I find her pretty annoying in this first one. But I think it's by design. They like super amp up the annoying because they want to swerve you, right? Oh, yeah. And then when she starts talking like a fucking sailor, it's like, oh, shit, there we go. Didn't expect that. I love the autonomy that people have at their jobs in movies <laughs> yes. where he's just there alone, cleaning up. He's a teenager at some restaurant. 17-year-old running the whole place. Yeah, there's no one else there. There's the manager's not there. No one's cleaning up. It's just him. He handsome. The door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no alarm going off or anything like that. Look at those old school Pepsi cups, though. Yeah, right? You don't see that anymore. Well, 99, like, would you think that logo was still around? That's a good point. Yeah, I think... Yeah, it wasn't until the extreme 2000s that we kind of got rid of all the old school logos and everything had to right. be going really fast to the air when it was a logo. She, uh, she's, uh, I like her in this, uh, this movie a lot. Yeah, no, she's really good. Yeah, she seems very, uh, down to earth. She's kind of dealing with a lot of stuff, too, you know, from right. this guy. I think she's a little too prudish, but. Yeah, well, you know, it's. That's your prerogative, you know? I mean, it's late 90s. You're in high school. Let's go. Let it roll. Hey, hey. I don't know what you're doing. Back in the the early 90s, (laughs) you took it real slow. (laughs) Obviously, for me, yes, it was very slow. (laughs) Uh, So my girlfriend in college, my first one for three years, like, I look back at it as, I, I I think I wanted to break up with her for at least like two and a half of the three, and I just didn't have the balls to do it. But, like, I mean, nothing. Like, I feel like I wasted three years of college. And I wasn't, I didn't really come out of my shell until probably senior year. So I, I'm not saying I would have been, like, at parties, you know, hooking up with chicks. But I might have at least had a fighting chance. And well, with her. 90% of, she, 90% of that is just being there. So, yeah, you definitely had a fighting chance. Right. So I feel like I resented this character <laughs> a little bit because of the prudishness. But my girlfriend is just very nervous to do much you know what i mean like mm-hmm. also grew up in a very catholic family well i just think serious so like i just put a lot of time in and a lot of it i couldn't stand um during it and i just can... it's a regret of mine that i didn't just break up with her sooner that I, I spent three years of college like dealing with bullshit like being in a serious relationship that i didn't need to be in you know 
Yeah. You couldn't stand it because he had blue balls all the time. In a lot of pain. It was. There was a lot straight. of that, like a lot of that rage in there, and like, but but it, it was also just a lot of like frustration. Like we're arguing all the time. It's like a fight every weekend. You know, like it was like, what am I doing? I'm like, you know, 19, 20 years old in college. You know, like I had enough friends, I could be at parties and drinking and stuff. And it said, um, you know, tied down to this. And with the problem was we lived, we both lived in Rhode Island, like kind of close, so it wasn't like uh we can go home for the summer and just like not talk kind of thing, you know, just like move on that way. I did break up with her finally like three weeks before senior year, but I just like had enough. We were supposed to go out and be friends and I just, we had a fight on the phone and I was like, I'm not like we're done. And I just went out without her and everyone's like, where's Kelly? And I'm like, eh, <laughs> like, no more. You're like, that was it. The thing that you were known, you, you were attached to each other for three years and then you just show up all of a sudden right. without her. And all my we were like, like oh, we wearing like a up. cowboy hat and like a <laughs> a whole new outfit. The new the new me. Uh, I did a, a similar thing in my senior in high school, or maybe like a little bit of the junior, where I just dated this chick who was from out of school even too. So it was like I was I just completely ostracized myself from all right. my buds and shit for yeah. that last year, which was a bummer because like yeah like I didn't I, I took a year off and then like after high school I was like oh man like I really like, put myself a distance from these guys and, right. Uh, it was for nothing like you said because now it's like now i'm not even with that person that took right. that i say took but yeah it did there was a lot of neediness mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of my time invested in something that like took me away from what would it what should have been uh, a true like you know the right. stuff you do the year before high school yeah no i feel the same exactly like and mine was less from pulling away from guys but more from opportunity cost I guess. Right, right. like what could have been right like maybe it was some other girl so they could have been having a better time with even if not just hook it up just like doing more fun stuff or just um, spending a random ass night at a party with a random chick and then never right. seeing her again you know that's those really those fun things that come with youth so a couple of things have been happening here that we haven't talked about uh one paul finch who we haven't really mentioned at all I feel like he also was like kind of a star coming out of this. He doesn't do much else beyond this though. Eddie K. Thomas. I, I mean, he isn't a lot, but I just feel like nothing. Like he's not like he's just a guy who's in a bunch of shit. He's in Harold and Kumar, like that kind of stuff. But I think he's yeah, he's an, yeah. yeah, he's another one that seemed like he would have uh, been given some kind of sitcom. I think he did have a TV show for a little bit, but it's one of those things where you have to factor in that these dudes got real famousy notoriety notoriety money mm-hmm. at a pretty young age and i think we all could admit everyone likes to shit on like a justin bieber or child right, stars right. it's like no you would be the same fucking monster that these people right. are because you know people like uh, maybe even at your job or um like for me seeing like bands friends bands that kind of get a little a little little traction and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they think they're fucking the coolest shit in the world it's like dude you have a modicum of <laughs> of a little bit of fame and you're treating people like shit already it's like all right dude take a fucking chill pill and you know i'm sure there was a lot of partying going on if you were 20 years old and Mm -hmm. rich and famous in 1999 yeah i'm sure there's a lot of things that got in the way of these dudes careers and you know it's just how it just it's the way it works so he started as his plan to get laid he he paid the other chick we haven't really talked about either uh vicky's friend jessica uh he paid her to spread a rumor that he's they hooked up and he's got a huge dick and so like that spread all through the channels and all these girls want to go to prom with them they're all talking about the legend of paul finch's penis 
but uh, get payback when Stifler reveal you know, re- re- realized what was going on. He uh, spiked Finch, gave him some X-lax, and then directed him to the women's bathroom. So he's just taking a massive shit in the women's bathroom right now and coming out, and they all see him coming out, and his legend is shattered. But the running joke was he never shit at school. They called him Shipbreak, which was kind of the lasting thing coming out of this. Um, he was, like, afraid of the toilets, the school public toilets. Basically, he'd go home and shit during lunch and come oh, back. Oh, I know, I know people like that, too. Yeah, I definitely had a, a thing for a while, like not one place public bathrooms. <laughs> That's uh, a huge surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would lead I'm, to problems because you really hold it in. I'm a wild animal. I've gone outside mm. next to bars. Oh, well, you get easier shit. as it goes, yeah. yeah outside? Oh, yeah, shit, outside multiple times. I used to get really nervous before my when my bands would play, so I would just, and the bathrooms at a lot of clubs are really fucking vile, so I would just find a random-ass dark patch of grass think, and uh, I, the bear. I think we're exactly what Paul Abdul was talking about when she said opposites attract. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like why not? I have no shame. I used so to pee, I used to just pee walking down the streets of Manhattan when I was an older, younger man. Uh, see, I'll pee wherever. I don't, I'm not worried about that. I mean, as I was walking down the street. Right. <laughs> I, just I, pe- I peed right out. Oh, as you're walking, that's, that's a bit much yeah. for me. But uh, so Heather saw Chris and the lacrosse boys. Kind of do. He was like doing the old uh, big wiggle <laughs> in front of her. Like she didn't. He didn't know she was there. So now she's like pissed at him. She thinks he's just like another guy, like trying to get laid and not the sensitive choir boy. She's gotten to know. So he now has chosen. He had this big lacrosse game up against the big performance for the Glee Club, and he's at the lacrosse game. He's kind of blowing them off. So things are unraveling for him. I feel like we're starting to build to the crescendo here. We're getting close to prom night. Yeah, and this is the one kind of more traditional romantic comedy arc, right? Where they mm-hmm. they're together, and they're and then there's like that one misunderstanding, and then they're not together, and then of course at the end, like all all little romantic comedies have that. You know, this is just a small part in the movie, but that's kind of the only part of this movie that has that, right? Right. I feel like this is early for lacrosse. I was gonna say, did my my school did not have a lacrosse team? No, I feel like it was. I remember when I got to college, I had friends that were like in schools that specialize in lacrosse but like it wasn't a bi- as big a deal i think until the late 2000s is when it really kind of blew up more i so think like they must have done lacrosse instead of baseball just because it's more baseball is so inert that they needed something with a little more energy to it you know if this was happening during a baseball game it wouldn't be as visually right. exciting so they went with lacrosse and yeah obviously it wasn't football season yeah or basketball so they couldn't really do those um was this like your first realization that like Michigan, I, I think it's more in the later movies because they don't really, but like, I didn't, I never knew like Michigan, obviously they're on lakes, but like this whole area of like this big lake party community, like I, I just never pictured Michigan in that light. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know Lake Havasu was in the middle of the country for years. I knew it was like a notorious party place, but I didn't, like right. one time I looked it up and I'm like, oh fuck, it's in the middle of the fucking the country. I didn't know that shit. Right. Fucking landlocked area. But yeah, they, uh, they got lakes. No, I had no fucking clue. It's it's weird to me when you think of a place like because I, I, we're both East Coast dudes, where it's like the idea that you didn't grow up a half hour mm. from the shore is so strange to me. Right. Because it's just and it's taken we take it for granted when you don't even think about the fact that these people don't live anywhere near that like that little part. So yeah, you need to find something to go right and do and 
be a kid in the summer, so buy the league. It's just like an interesting choice for this like a movie to do it at. Yeah, I wonder if Michigan, whoever wrote you know? it was from right. Michigan, probably. Or probably. Something like that. Yeah. So I guess they're both at Michigan State because he kind of it was looked like a big campus, and I think it said MSU. So I guess this lacrosse championship was there as well as this competition. Right. So he bailed and, on the lacrosse team during the game to come sing. The Michigan thing too could also give like credence to some of the more prudish aspects of some of the people and the correct. You know, yeah. So. He, not that saying that everyone from Michigan's approved, but you know what I mean. It's different, right. different than Western values, yeah. kind of thing. A lot different. I also <laughs> love that he's like a has a wonderful voice as well. Which we as is John Cho in the back there. I was about to say, uh, has he had a single line or? Is yes, that... yes, he did because at the party he's the infamous milf, uh, milf guy. We talk about milf, so whatever at the party when he oh he gives the whole speech that stiffers kind of mom. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's him. So. Uh, I didn't realize he was in the choir too, though. That I did not know. Do you, do you, is part of your college experience that you never got to be uh, with a milf? Uh, yeah, I guess not. Like you never had that. It's it's interesting because you get to a point where we are now, where it's just we're just that age, but You're just with but, a milf all the time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But back then, it is like uh, you know, and I think this movie kind of started that whole appreciation. Oh yeah, big time. Maybe tantamount with uh, a Sex in the City. Uh, yeah, Samantha being so popular, but this right. definitely brought it into the vernacular of again. So I keep I feel like I keep saying, oh, this came out. Of, but yeah, Stifler's mom was another thing that was like a big, you know, thing that came out of this show or this movie. And of course, they, you know, you mentioned Mr. Robinson earlier. I think they play it right later during that scene. So oh, yeah, that's they definitely kind of brought it back to the yes, they definitely brought it back to the zeitgeist a bit. Yeah, it's it's funny to think it's one of those things that oh it was it's a uh, like I always say about like bottled water we forgot that it was like oh that that was just never a thing and now it's a thing right the idea of like oh it's such a strange thing that this guy's into like an older woman it's like right uh no she's super beautiful like <laughs> but yeah then it was it well they played off like it's he he likes her because she's more refined and worldly right and that's they almost think because he's like a weird nerd and that's why. He's it's not like a that. fetish necessarily. Right. It's more playing into his what he wants people to perceive him as the smart. Well, no, guy. I think he's generally into her. I think he wants that, but it's presented as weird because he's a weirdo. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Which now it's not. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I never get the, you know, be the divorce woman's plaything stretch. Sadly. <laughs> um. Yeah. No comment. Um. I like the forty-year-old man. Like. Sorry, uh, I got distracted there by something. By See? something? It's <laughs> just Tara, Tara. It's so cute, this movie. It's great. Yeah, she kind of goes off the rails, right, eventually? Yeah, I think the same thing, like we talked about. Just Hollywood stuff, man. And being yeah. but, well, if Van Wilder, she's still got it going on. When's that? Can't be too much after this, right? Um, 90? Van Wilder's 02. No, two, I still have to say 2000, yeah, oh, so America by two and that are back to back, and she's still looking good there. I think by American Reunion, it's starting to get a little shaky. Is it strange to think that this was contemporaneous to 90210? Or yeah, the final it? season, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And Definitely obviously, by that point, this show is not a uh, <laughs> show about teenagers anymore. But right. Did you have a hey. brutal prom suit? <laughs> Jim's dad's dressed down. No, I think I did okay with the. I, I stayed pretty straightforward. So I did. Um, 
I think junior year I kind of had like a multicolored cummerbund thing or vest. I mean, um, and senior year I think I just did like red, like the black tux with like the red vest. I think. Oh no, actually I think it's the black. I think it's the black on black senior prom. Oh, like ACDC. Um, I, I went to a prom when I was like Classic. 19. My uh, ex, my girlfriend at the time was in high school still, and I was like 19 or I think 20, I forget. So I went to her prom and I had a hippie freak out because her ex-boyfriend was there and I wanted to prove a point to him. So I took a glass and I smashed it on the table and uh, I cut my finger real bad <laughs> and I started bleeding all over the place. And oh, God. Uh, they called the cops and the ambulance and they yeah, Way to ruin prom. Yeah, I got kicked out of a prom. <laughs> That wasn't mine. Ru- Ready to ruin it for everyone. Oh, it was terrible. I had all the fat came out of my finger. It was like all messed up for a fucking year. It's still kind of numb to this day. Yeah, didn't have anything like that happen. Did, did you did you view it as an important day, or is it more of an obligation? Uh, no, I really wanted to go. Um, I was into my date. We had a good time. And then I actually got, I don't know if I told the story on a podcast before. I must have told along the way somewhere. So we went after to uh, a party. And the guy I lived across the street from my buddy, Andy uh, Flanagan, who's been on different podcasts and stuff before. So we partied at this other house. I didn't drink. I never drank at that point. And I had to bring my date home at some point. So, like, I'm not going to drink. So she had a couple. Andy had a couple. And then I drove her home. And it was like three in the morning or something. And I had told my mom, I called her and said, I'm bringing her home. This is like 10, 30, 11 or something like that. Right. So just like get that done. And then we just party. So I brought her home, coming home from her house. I got pulled over. And like, the, it was like an aggressive pullover. Like the cop, it was two cops. They searched my car, like all this shit. I guess a 17 year old out at like four in the morning or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's drunk in the car and he's like, I'll give him a fake name. I'm like, dude, they're taking my license. So <laughs> like, I can't give him a fake name. I'm like, how are you to shut up? I'm like, let me handle this one. Um, so then I had to like, you know, the ticket has a time on it. You know what I mean? So like I had to tell my parents the next morning because I stayed at Andy's. Like I got home and I'm like, look, I got a ticket at fucking 3.30 in the morning. And I told them that my date had left her purse and she messaged us on AOL and I brought her purse back, and I got pulled over coming back. Whether they bought it, I don't know. But I think as a parent, you understand your kids are lying to you ninety percent of the time, right? So <laughs> right, yeah. You're alive. No one, no one's, no one's hurt. Right, whatever. Yeah, I mean, right. The real answer was whatever. It's prom night. We were just having a good fucking time at the party. You know, I wasn't drinking or anything, so it's not like I got busted for that or anything like that. But you, you seem like a very temperate dude. Where you're able to not be the person that gets super shit faced at the prom or at your own wedding, like which I always think is a fucking embarrassment. Like when the groom is so drunk that like people are right. holding him up. It's like, right, yeah, no, you couldn't chill one fucking night. Yeah, you gotta be classy. I had a nice little uh, sustained buzz at my wedding. Now, uh, my buddy Don's wedding was open bar, and I got fucking shit housed. I was the best man. Oh. Um, Pre or post speech? Uh, I had a good buzz for the speech. I nailed the speech. (laughs) Uh, One of the best speeches. I I think it's one of the best. I'm not just trying to humble brag it. Like I think it's one of the best I've experienced was mine. Um, And then it just went downhill from there. I try to think what song. I think it was "Beat It" came on, 
and me and one of the other groomsmen were like in the circle uh and i ran and slid and ripped my knee open <laughs> and because my blood was so thin from drinking all day it would not stop bleeding and it was a rented it was a rented tox so i go in the bathroom i'm like trying to fucking like stop it my dad comes in because he was there obviously he's like my, my best friend so he's there like he's trying to tie like we basically ended up tying a tourniquet around my knee <laughs> to get it to stop like it using like paper towel or like a napkin take off your dad's belt and wrap it around your leg to get it to stop um i pa- i don't remember getting home like i think my wife drove i don't know who even drove home but i was like i'm sure she was thrilled with your blacked out yeah. well no so here's the kicker so that's a saturday her brother's wedding was the next day it was just Columbus Day weekend. Now, I wasn't in it because we were broken up when they got engaged and, like, made the wedding party. But I still had to, like, obviously kind of be around and evolved. I woke up on the couch at, like, 9 the next morning. She was already gone to get her hair done. I was still in the bloody tux on the couch. <laughs> and they call me, and they're like, my future sister-in-law had left something she needed. I don't know what it was. It was at my house. Or no, it, it, I don't know if it was in my house or my mother. It was it was somewhere else. So I and I had to get the tux back by like 11 a.m. or something. So I got up, I had a shower, get dressed for this other wedding, get the tux back to the store, and then get this whatever the hell they needed for the church to the church in time, and then go to another open bar wedding. <laughs> it was a shit show. Oh, um, I've been sweating like a fucking maniac. But so I took the I, I wrapped the tuxedo up in a plastic bag and I get to men's warehouse and they're like, hang on, we got to check you in. And I'm like, no <laughs> chance. I'm like, I just threw the bag on the counter and just fucking left. I'm like, here's your tux. <laughs> like I'm out because I had to get the thing to the house. So like I have no time to talk and I didn't want them to open it while I was there because all my blood was all over it. It was like it probably ripped, I'm sure. It was a fucking. It's like, charge me what you want, but I don't want to have the conversation in person about what happened to this tuxedo. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. I'm like, we're not going to talk about it. Um, so we yeah, that, that was the we most both, fucked up we, I think I ever got like at a wedding. We both bled all over a tuxedo in our life, so we do have things in common. Yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to see that slide on the dance floor. <laughs> I'm sure it was terrible because I was freaking hammered. God, it's got to be epic. Uh, so we've gone through the problem here. Uh, we exposed the Shermanator because he was lying and saying, like, he had slept with this girl, but all they really did was stay up and talk all night. So she got on the stage and revealed that that was a lie. Um, Jim ended up going to prom with Michelle. She asked him, and he said yes because, you know, she was – she figured he'd say yes because basically everyone else was like, making fun of him. She pretended like she didn't see the video. And uh, now we're at Stifler's – lake house or whatever the fuck this is and kevin's ready to finally get it in with vicky they made this agreement prom night would, would be it and then also miss on i think that's the brief the yeah you can pretty much know that we're at the uh the wook and uh brenda the uh dylan and brenda moment where <laughs> yes we are night. let's see what happens but yeah so that was my prom my, my prom driving home story but i didn't i didn't uh Nothing really crazy happened at prom itself. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you have you have you have all of uh, literally the rest of your life to do that. I feel like you could have some decorum the night of the prom, right? Like chill out a little bit, motherfucker. You don't need to be that drunk. Yeah, we definitely didn't drink or anything. I know that for sure. 
Um, you know, I think I was hoping something would happen, but nothing did. But again, I didn't have my. I, I was kind of. I was just. I was like a Oz here. <laughs> Not <laughs> just moved, like I was, you know. I allowed myself to get friend zoned a lot, you know. You were not Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You were not always closing. You were no. <laughs> didn't have that in me at that point. That's okay. I probably could have, probably could have on a few, and, but and no one had you in them, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because like, actually, I guess you know what? Okay, so here is my mini little Mrs. Robinson for you. It's not quite, but I started a stop and shop, and I was I would have been like sixteen. And there was a girl that worked there. She had to be in her 20s. And she was, like, super into me. I was not into her. Definitely not my type. But I was, like, I liked her as, like, a friend. So, like, we would talk a lot. She liked wrestling. So, like, we were talking about that. And um, she finally was, like, let's just go to a movie. I'm, like, all right, fine. Whatever. We'll go see a movie. So she made move, made a move on me. Uh, so I did make out in the car with the older woman. So that's my Mrs. Robinson. But then I didn't know how to handle it. So I like completely was like a dick to her. Like after I like stopped talking to her. Um she ended up buying me and her tickets to go see a house show. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I already got tickets with my buddy. And she's like, Oh. I was like, um so that was a little awkward after that to like work with her still. So that's definitely my Mrs. Robinson for my my teenage years. That was all I had. What is that thing that guys tend to have where they will make out with a jerk and then just go, like, just stop? Well, like, in my defense, I was, like, 16 and completely overwhelmed. You know what I mean? Like, it, it probably wasn't far off from, like, an assault. Like, nowadays, it would probably be looked at different. Like, I felt like I was kind of, like, pushed into it. You know what I mean? Well, she like, didn't, didn't have, like, power over you, though. She wasn't, like, a uh, thing, right? No. Oh, no, no, no. Right, uh, so. Physical power, maybe. But, um... <laughs> Like, I wasn't getting out of that car without making out with her. I'll put it that way. So, yeah. Well, it's important. She, she got you to come out of your shell a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? Yes. It was my first guest. So, there you go. Oh, nice. Went up high. Went over the. Uh... With my Stifler's mom, who was yeah. here. Who's 20. And also, you're talking about like a 27 year old person. Like right. Yeah. It was thing. a lot younger. But but when you're 16, I mean, that's that's a decent gap right there. Oh, that's ancient when you're 16. Yeah. She's probably than... 20. She might have been 27. She was probably like mid early to mid 20s but it was at least like it was enough to where my mom was like questioning like why was I going to this girl she was like what why is she around you kind of thing you know what I mean well, I mean she legitimately could probably you know she's only she could have maybe been your um, a mother's age to you you know she she was close you know well yeah. it was enough to where it was illegal yeah. <laughs> as well if anything went further all right, so Finch is finally in the room with Ziffo's mom. She's at the lake house sipping. What do we think she's got? Bourbon, scotch, whiskey? Yeah, I think it's scotch. Yeah. Maybe a single malt. Oh, it just said single malt on the stuff. So, yeah. There, you go. there we go. Do you like, like Finch's tuxedo? I never would go with the white one. I have a hard time. I got the bond with... going, yeah. Yeah, I don't like white clothes. I, I like the idea that now in 1999, the cigarette is a seductive tool you know like nowadays it's completely considered completely repulsive and you never see anyone smoking but she's gonna give him cancer <laughs> do you think you have you ever dated someone that smoked and you didn't since i don't think you ever smoked no i've never smoked a cigarette um once zero nope 
I, when I was a kid, I think I was like eleven or twelve. I was at a flea market in Florida, and some fucking lady blew like a huge thing of smoke in my face walking by me, and it's disgusted me ever since. Like I just <laughs> had no interest in it. I mean, you have so many allergy and well, yeah, as I got breathing older, issues like, too, right? Yeah. So, um, but no, I, no, I never. Jeez, I've had see, good friends that smoked and had to deal with that, but even pissed drunk, you never just want. Oh, that's so no, crazy. No, it's me. never interested me. It just always seemed gross. It smells gross. It looks gross. <laughs> I think it looks cool, but they, not except for in the daytime. When I see someone smoking in their car in the daytime, it makes me want to fucking vomit because I'm like, oh, that car must smell fucking terrible. Well, that too. Like I think we just grew up in an era like yeah. where it was so everywhere that if you were grossed out by it, you couldn't escape it. Like I remember. Like my great aunt's car, like was lit like a smoke box. You know, like you'd get in, and it just like reeked. The leather would be tacky from oh, the. It just stunk so bad. Yeah. And it was so warm, like it was in the winter. <laughs> like the, you have the windows up, and just yeah, I think just growing up like that made it like extra gross. So now we're all we're getting the montage here. So yeah, everyone's getting getting with their girls. What a beautiful uh, place to be able to make out with a chick, huh? Like a little gazebo on the water. Yeah, and I don't think they they do it, but uh, we finally get Vicky and Kevin are gonna go all the way here. He better be careful. Maybe that's why. Maybe he has to be really careful with her vagina because his arm is super powered from his baseball tenure. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, he's gonna watch her off. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna throw her right into fucking space. It's supposed to be so awkward to film a scene like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> fucking poor girl. Weird orgasm phases. Well, yeah, it's like, all right, pretend this is your first time. And maybe yeah. <laughs> well, you're surrounded by like 40 grown men who are grips and lighting techs and audio dudes and gaffers and shit. Like, all right. Jim's having himself a good time here. It's an interesting first move for, I don't know if I've ever in the history of my uh, life as a physical uh, person with another person, their first move was to open my shirt and kiss my chest. <laughs> well, you saw the right chest. Oh, fuck. How dare you, sir? You gotta build up. All right, put the put the camera on. I'm gonna show you right now. <laughs> Get that definition. <laughs> the uh, interesting choice by Jim to go with the Dumb and Dumber tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that would be the thing where he's. I forget was did he fuck up? Did they get him the wrong one or something? It seems like that had to be the case, right? Because why else yeah. would he be wearing a '70s tuxedo? Other than it's hilarious. But... All right, well Michelle's ready to get it in with him, and she admits that she did see the video. And she knew he'd be a guaranteed fuck, basically. So she was on Buffy when this came out, which is pretty wild. Mm. So she was probably the biggest star coming into this, honestly. Yeah, the 99, Buffy was still on, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Because I think we nailed down everyone else had really just gotten started. Yeah, and that's like I'm saying. Chris Klein hadn't done much. And that's the thing. Like we were saying, like the TV, a TV actor didn't really go into movies that often. Right. Even Jennifer Coolidge, like, was she in a ton? I really don't know where she came from. She seems like a Eugene Levy, like, because uh, I think they were, like, I know he's Canadian, but I think he was a Chicago guy in the, uh, what's the SCTV kind of crew right. with, like, Candy and all those. I feel like she was probably in that, kind of like an up, Upright Citizens Brigade is now. Like, I feel like she, she was a, in the Groundlings or something like that with those she guys. She started in 95 and did stuff, but Night of the Roxbury would be the first, like, name movie she was in. And that's only the year before this. She's also in Austin Powers. But it's Can you just like, how old she is? I want to know how old she is in this movie. All right, so she was born in 61. So, so she would have been like 38, 37? 39. Yeah, somewhere in there. 
37. It's a fucking smoke show in this movie. In this movie so. But I guess uh, that's a good MILF age, right? Yeah, it doesn't say... I don't think she did any of the stuff you just mentioned. She just was in a bunch of supporting roles. She wanted to be an uh, actress. And this was her breakout. Oh, right, cool. Good for her. So, yeah, I, I would say... I mean, I would I would think Allison Hannigan is probably the biggest name coming in. And Tara Reid. But no, even her, we said, right? She wasn't in like yeah. a ton of... She had done stuff. I mean, she was acting since 87. She was in a movie. Big Lebowski. Cool intention. So I would say her, these two, her and Allison Hannigan are probably the biggest names coming into this. It and I guess Levy, if you were knowledgeable of film, but like me as a kid, like I didn't know, I had never fucking seen No. Him. Well, I, I, I would have thought he idiot. wasn't even like an act. I would have thought he was just like a goofy guy they found like for this role, probably. <laughs> I mean, he yeah, didn't touch before this, obviously. Well, but. Yeah, well, it's like it's not like he was on the cover of Stuff magazine and all those magazines back in the day. Like right, when this right. movie was huge, it, like you know, it was incidental. Although he's the one that wound up in more American Pie movies than anyone else, probably because he was in all those shitty, uh, right. straight to DVD ones too. Not all of them, but a bunch before. Probably Shit's Creek if I can save them from that shit. I mean, he's in a and bunch of, uh, but he's in the same big movies even before this. He's in Father of the Bride. Like, that's obviously a huge movie. National Lampoon's Vacation. He's a car salesman. Splash. I forgot about Splash. Yeah. And he does all those Christopher Guest movies too. So he's right. Yeah, he's, he's in all those. Yeah. He's got his like good Best shit. Show and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he's like doing like important, cool like movies. Right. Mighty Wind. That's what I call it when I fart. Um, so I like the, I like the, the thing about this movie that I like a lot is the, like we were saying before, the, it's not about their successes, it's about their failures. Right. And that's what makes people more interesting. Like, I'm not, sitting there and having someone tell me how cool they are and all the great things they've done is not interesting. Having you tell me right. your story about bleeding all over the place at that wedding is funny and great and makes me learn about you when you tell me that story. And it makes you a humble person and probably maybe having those moments helps you not be a dick or be a bad person because you've been in that situation, hopefully, and not, and you internalize it, not, not, you know, I, I, I like that. I like that this not, not, not all these guys know, have all the answers. They're not right. too cool for school. They're not the best. And they're, we're seeing their failures. And to me, that's the most interesting part to watch. Well, they even show that for Stifler, who's portrayed as like the cool guy. Even he had like a couple embarrassing moments in this one. You know, he drinks the jizz and all that stuff. So it's like, right. yeah. They and we know he's job. just putting on airs. We know he's, that's all just him trying to be. It's cool. a very Steve Sanders. He's he's like the Steve Sanders of this. And the, yeah. And the guy who, the guy who pees himself, he's the one that's trying to be cooler than he is. And he's the one that gets right. humiliated in this, in the movie, you know, because he yes. was being disingenuous and trying to be cooler than he is. And now Jim got used. He got, it, he got it in. He, he uh, cl- clinched the bet with Michelle, and then she left him. Right next to the foosball table. And here we go. Stifler's singing <laughs> his mom banging Finch. Apparently going at it again in the morning, so twice, that's I guess. The or they're still going, maybe. That's yeah, the best time that you get that nice morning. Uh, never mind. Um, but yeah, it's uh, if you got Stifler's mom, you don't know if that's going to last. You know, you got to make sure you get in there as much as possible. Right. What a horrible thing to walk in on, huh? Your enemy banging your mom yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on a pool table. <laughs> I mean, all those things are bad, but like, Jesus, mama. <laughs> oh, so mama. Oz, is, Oz is the only one who didn't uh, cash in on the bet. All the others hit the vow. 
But he's the one that's finding true love. Maybe. Correct. That's the trade-off. Well, so that's what happens too in there is Vicky basically breaks up with Kevin and says they're going to college. It's not fair to like each other. Again, I feel like it's a little unfair of her. I, I feel like she's she's a little unfair to him throughout this, and and he's a little unfair to her. I feel like they're it's probably for the best that they break up, but like they get the whole summer ahead of them. This is May. Like, why do they have to break up now? It's not like they're going to college tomorrow, right? Yeah, like you don't want to be. Uh, well, you know, the it's inevitable anyway. You're gonna keep get, having feelings for this person, so maybe it's better just to cut it off. Yeah, but you're gonna be around all summer. What are you just gonna avoid them? Like, just we'll just wait and then just end it when you go away. You know, I don't know. Well, you do things differently. That's why uh, you're not in American Pie movies. Well, that's why I was stuck with a girlfriend for three years that I hated. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta get we gotta unpack that someday. That's a bizarre thing to just torture yourself with. Is that your Catholic part of you? Just I think so. yourself? It's a Catholic guilt bullshit. <laughs> I, I just like too nice. I think I was, I was like I didn't want to like it was she every time I, like I'd even start or we'd kind of get down that road. It was just like I just didn't have like the guts to just do it. You know what I mean? Just like end it. And it probably would have been better for her too. You know, but. Um, so you, there's did, the end. Is, did you do a it. victory dance like that when you broke up? <laughs> oh, it was like the best feeling ever. <laughs> uh, so that's the the end. There is Jim. He's uh, doing the webcam. Nadia. So Nadia got deported, right? Basically because of it. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. story here. Uh, her parents saw her, her host parents, and sent her back to Yugoslavia, where the fuck she's from. Um, so the end is the the two of them on the cam t- uh, dancing for each other. But uh, all right, so does this movie hold up for you? I know we didn't talk a ton, but we were watching it as we were talking. I, th- I think it it holds up pretty well. It's breezy, man. It just it does have a nice little glow about it, and uh, everyone just it's cool. It's a time capsule. You get to see all these people younger, and it's like right. it was so part of the. It's one of those things where people have a hard time when you talk about things and their importance and how their importance plays a part in when they happened. And it, mm-hmm. you hate to be that person says you weren't there, so you can't get it. Right. But if you right. weren't living every day, like it's like watching an old wrestling thing where it's like, if you didn't live every day outside of watching the movie or watching what you're watching and knew how people were talking about this, mm-hmm. you weren't as you can't know what it's like historically. Right. To realize how much of a part of the culture this took and how everyone was talking about it. And it's not like, like right. we were saying about movies being in theaters for a whole summer. This was a summer of 99 for a lot of people. Yes. It wasn't like a Netflix show that goes away and the next new thing happens, you know. And I'm sure when this came out on VHS, because it was 99, and, you know, that was probably insane at Blockbuster and video stores to have this movie to take home and watch right. with your friends. And, like, sh- and for young kids, since it was R, right? Yeah, since it was R, like, there was kids who couldn't go see it in the theaters, you know. Right. So that must have been a huge thing to tape. You know, when your your parents will let you rent stuff more than bring you to an R movie, maybe, you know, so it, it just really permeated the everything. And uh, yeah, it, it feels good to watch, man. And it's just so nice to look at. Everything's pleasant, you know, if you want to just have it on in the background or, you know, and watch some non. As far as like besides the sexual assault aspect of mm-hmm. spying and maybe some, uh, you know, guys who are not as into right. listening to their their chicks. It doesn't have a lot of offensive. It doesn't have a lot of shit that'll make you fucking embarrassed to watch. No, it. and you're not cringing, saying, "Oh, how did how did they pull this off?" Kind of thing, right? It was just like, it, it John, John Cho's character doesn't have an accent, you know? Right? It's not super cringy. It's a straight. It's just a straightforward teen movie. It's super relatable. Like we said, if you were of age when this came out, it, it felt very down to earth. I think that's why it resonates with so many people. Is that 
you could picture yourself being in this scenario very, very easily. It didn't feel out of touch. Um, I think they found a good cast of guys that were believable to be in these roles. Maybe Chris Klein's pushing it because he is like super hot. But um, again, I think they did a good job making him humble about it, (laughs) which is a real thing. Like you find dudes that are like super good looking and athletic, but are like also very humble about it because it is brought up that way. Um, But they did a good job that the girls are like believable that they, you know, Tara Reid is probably the biggest leap, but uh, the the girls don't feel completely unattainable, I guess. Um, And then, uh, I didn't. Of the girls, speaking of the girls too, I feel like you could watch this movie as a girl, and you're not oh, gonna yeah. be grossed out by how you're being portrayed. Like you mentioned Porky's before, where it's like if I was right. a chick watching that, I'd be so fucking disgusted. Right? Oh, they're not this, treated like objects here at all. If anything, they have the power throughout the movie. Right? Um, they have their own agency, and yes, they are like treated as put on a pedestal, and like maybe in some ways treated more than a human. How, but that's through the guy's lens, and then they all right. learn that these are real people. Not just and, gorgeous. And they, throughout this, all every girl has the power in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, Stifler's mom, right? Like, owns Finch. Uh, Tara Reed, like, Vicky dictates the entire process with with uh, Kevin. And he's made to look like a prick when he goes against it. Uh, same with Oz, who comes around with Heather, who walks him up to this and, like, being okay and not having sex that night. And I mean, the most powerful potentially is Michelle, who just completely doms uh, Jim. You know what I mean? After he was already embarrassed by another woman. So like, it's I, I think for the type of movie it is and the time frame it is, they did a good job of like making definitely the women have the power throughout this. And the guys never like, oh, this is how you could trick her into getting sad. right. Or, no, there's exactly. none of that shit in there where it's like, I mean, no, fuck, the guy just... gets a book about how to eat pussy. Like that's pretty goddamn progressive. For, uh... Right. Exactly. Raunchy tea and comedy. One of the band members was Christina Milian, by the way, who uh, I did not know was in this movie. She She's was a going cheetah girl, be, right? She would be a pretty good, uh, pretty big, obviously, music artist in a lot of different movies. She's in uh, Be Cool with the Rock. She's like the big star of that. Oh, yeah. she's uh, She was on a TV show with Drake from Drake and Josh, and she was really good looking. Uh, really good looking, Jesus. Really good in that show. She was really fun. And really good looking. So this came out July 9th, 99. This is like a big year for movies, too. So like this hit. But, like, I think Star Wars had just come out right before, right? Isn't that 99, uh, the first Star Wars? I believe so. Um, so, like, it, I think there's a couple other big ones, too, in 99. But that, that's a big stretch, for sure. Uh, well, like I said, I, yeah. I did work in a in a Barnes & Noble in two, right around when this movie came out. Right. So I was inundated, like like I said, the its place and culture besides, you know, the tapes. But, like, the magazine section of that store was all these kids constantly. Right. And that was the height of the FHMs, the Maxims, all those mm-hmm. knockoff versions of that, where all these chicks were on the covers of them. And it was just, you really couldn't. It was big. Yeah. Yeah. It was really big. Right? Well, I'm just looking at the awards it won. It's all MTV awards, Blockbuster awards, Young Hollywood awards, Teen Choice awards. Like they cleaned up all this. You know, I mean, nominated or won. So it was definitely big. Uh, all right. Who's, who's the best character in this movie? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, you go first. You go first. I'm going with Jim. Like, I I think he's. I mean, I'm a Jason Biggs apologist. Like, I'm, I'm just a fan of his in general. Um, but I think he's like the most relatable, least annoying character. Like, you look at him and you're like, shit. Like, this is me. And he he carries himself with such a everyman quality that resonates. I would say his dad, obviously Eugene Levy, is probably second for me. But do you feel like um, Jim was the that, that's closest to how you think you would have been in this like if that was you 
If that was me in high school, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been me of that group. Um, without the 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 popularity, I think I was a little more Chris Klein in terms of my uh, really wanting to connect emotionally <laughs> with girls mm-hmm. and like really like get to know girls more so than just like trying to bang everybody uh, left and right. Not that I was. But see, I don't think interested. Jim was trying to do that. I think no, he... I meant uh, yeah, that's right. what you're saying. I I meant more in uh, the actual. Kevin life. was really more because Jim was even sick of it by the end. He's like, I think Jim was the one that low key just wanted the girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like I think he was. Almost because he, he even gets forced into the, you know, going back to the bedroom mm-hmm. like he was. You could tell he was looking more for the like just a chick to hang out with and maybe make, you know, kind of what Kevin had is like he wanted. You know what I mean? And Kevin was looking to go all the way more so. Yeah, I can say you're saying. Absolutely. Uh, so who's your best character then? <laughs> I, yeah, I think Jim is the best one because okay. he's just so fun. Like you're all if it's if his if he doesn't do it, if he's not charming and endearing and the timing, the comic timing, the movie might, you know, it could fall apart without him as the, the center of it all. And everything he's asked to do when he needs to be serious and have, you know, or just I mean, shit to put himself out there in some of the positions he did, too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty ballsy, you know, because that could have fucking ended his career. If this movie wasn't a hit. Right. He's the one then fucking the pie. Yeah. Yeah. And he's dancing in his underwear, like looking like a goof and stuff like that. So, yeah, good on him. So, what's your, what ended up being the best scene, you think, rewatching it? Oh, man. <laughs> I think, in terms of a scene, I did really like the Stiffler's mom at the end because it's such an interesting scene. Yeah. Cause it's so different than the rest of the movie. It's like so quiet right. comparatively. And that whole like end part is really quiet. The Just the beginning, though. So, like, come on, scramble vision. Yeah. Getting good. caught, worried about getting caught, some sock. Like this, so it's you know. I, I think the I know this is like the I, I think the webcam one is probably the best. Like it really holds up well that scene with him just getting abused on camera <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty see. wild. And you know, Shannon Elizabeth is next level. Well, yeah, obviously. Uh, worst worst character? Who would you replace in this? Uh, I think the baseball kid. He's just yeah, I he's, got no interest in he's him. He's so fucking annoying in this movie. And he had the, definitely. He got. Poor, poor Tara Reid had to deal with him. I feel like the most underutilized character is uh, the Natasha Leone character. Yes. I feel like they her. make up for it a bit. I think she's in the next one more. Uh, or in future ones a little bit more. But yeah, she's very underutilized in this one. Yeah, I would like to see her more. She has a really interesting character. The uh, Would you rewatch this again? Yeah, I'm kind of like, you know, honestly, I haven't really thought much about these movies. I never had, like, a, like, I, like I said, they were part of the culture, but they were not something I absolutely loved other than, you know, the Sharon Elizabeth of it all, where it's like, well, you get to see a hot chick naked, which wasn't always easy in 1999 without a computer. But uh, you've made me kind of want to go and do two. And I don't think I've ever watched. No, I did watch three. I never watched four. So I think oh, uh, four is great. I love it. if you like the first two, four is a must. I I love four. I think I think it's I'm not going to get to the Rex yet. <laughs> is it? Uh, but anyway, it's up there, by the way, which I did not realize when my uh, favorite bands I've been listening to a lot, Blink-182 was actually in the movie when they're yeah, they they the the with the monkey <laughs> yeah I did, I did not realize that at all like it just went over my head um so that's pretty cool the uh out of 10 where are you going oh interesting you asked me to rate something that's a mm-hmm. how could it be better i don't know i like so i don't want to go super crazy high but it's got to be at least like an eight right yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go eight, eight and a half, somewhere in there. I know it, it's just for 
I like to judge these based on what their intent was, right? The intent was to be a coming of age teen sex movie, uh, but it has a heart. It resonates. It leads to a franchise. It's got a memorable cast, got memorable scenes. Uh, it was successful. You know, like it, it kind of ticks all the boxes to me and it's very rewatchable. Like I could probably put it back on again now and just let it run again. Um, for sure. How, uh, what was the most time period thing to you in this movie? Like, I don't want to say most 90s, because we're going to do movies in the 2000s, too. But, like, what's the most of this? What's the most 99 thing in this? Um, I got to say, for me, uh, probably the, the new tech, like the camera mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because that seemed like it was we were on the precipice of Correct, the tech yeah. of tech coming. And I feel like that antiquated looking at webcam and the, the video footage, which, you know, I'm, I know I didn't have a computer, but I was aware of what they how they looked in the video of it all. So I think stuff like that is really uh, kind of, to me, really kind of uh, exemplifies it. I, I just had a real quick thought. Mm-hmm. The, him with that camera, like the fact that he didn't do it on purpose is really important. Right. Because if yes. he had done that on purpose and sent it, then that, that's not funny, right? So it's the fact that no, it was no. like. Yeah. Just that, to his buddy, they, so he could watch too. Yeah. I so I, that's the kind of thing. But yeah, um, like you said, like judging a movie by what it's for, like, listen. You can't judge like just because Speed is an action movie doesn't mean it's not as good as like Schindler's List. It's just right. they were trying to do one thing and did they achieve it? And that's how you got to view all mm-hmm. these things. Like Speed's a four star movie because it does it's trying to be the best action movie it could be, and it is. Right. You know, like this movie is trying to be what it is, and it really nails it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that grading stuff on a sliding scale based on a genre is uh kind of silly so and company never gets the fucking props it is how hard right. it is to do comedy and pull it oh, off oh yeah so how 90s was this on a scale one to ten it's definitely i have to give a caveat of it's definitely late 90s right oh how how era is it i guess yeah how oh it's it's spot on like everyone everyone i knew looked kind of like this i mean i was kind of are you putting it in the time capsule let's put it that way yeah, it's got to go in there, right? Yeah, no, of course, yeah. It's it's right. as important as it, it's it's as important to the '80s to the '90s as Breakfast Club is to the '80s, I think. Right, right. And how? Uh, what's the one thing that would change if it was made today? Uh, I, I mean, probably more than one thing, but like, what's one thing that would change in your mind? It stands out. I think the attitudes towards sex would be a lot different, handled differently. I think. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, there would probably be, um, <laughs> well, it's Wisconsin, so there probably wouldn't be as much uh, racial diversity, but I think, yeah, probably just the way that they treat sex. And uh, I would say the uh, the shipbreak scene, uh, the kid at the prom pissing his pants, and Jim, you know, busting a nut all would be memes and like captured on cell phones and replayed you know what i mean like in this it's like you had to be there thing right there's no like footage of it and that to me that'd be like the biggest thing because these are all things that would absolutely become like way worse for these people today like if that jim doing that yeah it was like a laugh at school but like today that would be saved and tweeted right away same with Finch coming out of that woman's bathroom. Shermanator pissing his pants at the prom. Like, those are all things that they're legend for these right. people. But nowadays, it would be, like, immortalized on 
camera forever. Yeah, just the idea of living in more in the moment mm -hmm. type of society that it was back then where things... Well, you even, had to. Yeah, you had to. And even the way things are, even the way it is as a movie is the type of thing where what you're saying, it's it's talked about. Like, you discuss right. these things and everything wasn't so easy to see constantly where, you know... Right, all those kids in that... When Finch comes out of the bathroom, everyone would have had a phone up. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, yes, yeah. Right. And to think of a guy not knowing about like Cunnilingus and you know, right, right, you have a computer now. And, you know, That's yes, you've been watching that. Oh. All right, so I had a great time, Rock. I hope you enjoyed uh, this first episode of At the Movies. Again, this will be uh, I guess semi regular thing. Whenever I find a night to sit down with a friend and watch a movie in this parameters, we'll do it. Uh, check out everything we have to offer here at the North South Connection Podcast Network. Yeah, you'll see this. We have a few pop culture things on Wednesdays with the Jenny position is the bulk of our pop culture. The rest is all pretty much wrestling based. But we have a lot of cool evergreen and modern uh, current wrestling stuff, uh, including the show I mentioned earlier with Rocco, Clothes and Headlines 2.0, covers modern WWE, uh, just lots of other great stuff as well. Check out Rocco's band, Chained to the Dead. You can find them on social media and other applicable band type places. Until the next time. I don't know. I didn't come up with a tagline yet. <clears throat> Eat some popcorn. Watch a movie. Preferably from this time period. Hey, hey, hey.